Well, we're going to go home again, and this time we're going back to the 1970s with one of the great athletes that has played uh, for Sumner and Red Hill and then went on to do some fantastic things. First, I'm Brian Emmons. I've got my brother Gary Emmons here, David King, and Chip Jamerson, and we are so happy to have Mr. Jim Baker with us. Jim, thanks so much for joining the show. You're very welcome, and thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. This is really good. Hey, just to get started, um, let's just talk about now. Where are you at? What are you doing? Update everybody on what's going on with you and Sherry. Well, you know what? Uh, Sherry just retired from teaching. She's actually uh, still doing some work in the schools, doing some bully prevention with another uh, retired teacher, so still very active with the kids. And I'm working with Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. I work out of Terre Haute pretty much every day, so I've been in the insurance business for about 26 years. But I am back in the coaching. My youngest son, Jesse, and I coached the St. Joe girls basketball team. We've done that for the last four years. So uh, oh, wow. I'm back on the bed. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, let's go back to put to your early days. Gary, you want to take this one? Yeah. So uh, I think you grew up on the uh, the west side of, of Lawrence County. And uh, did you, you went to Petty School, didn't you? I did. Yeah, absolutely. Up in the little country school. And man, you're taking me way back on that one. But part of that, yeah, er, part of that early good. petty school sports dynasty. The petty pups, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, started playing basketball. Basketball is about all we had, actually, but played that for four years. Had a, had a lot of fun with it. You know, we were uh, fortunate enough. Uh, Dick Poppy uh, made a, uh, a gift that would allow us to go back and have daily records going back many, many, many years. So, one of the things I was looking at, I actually found something about the Petty Pups and with your name in it. So it was kind of, it was kind of funny to, to see <laughs> that. So, you know, talking about growing up, you know, in the, in that part in Lawrence County and the kind of like, probably like a country boy and uh, you know, what got you into sports? What were, what were your first teams that you remember playing on? Well, good question. I am, I had an older brother, still have an older brother and he's about four and a half years older and we just, uh, sports is what we did. We play out in the front yard and I played against his, uh, his friends and himself. And, you know, obviously I got pushed around a little bit being a little guy, but, uh, my dad enjoyed sports and he would come home at the end of the day and we'd go out in the yard and it seemed like every evening he had, he'd have the scrum balls and fly balls. So just, it's kind of what we did. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the teams, you know, obviously the Sumner, I, I lived out in the country, but we played at Sumner little league. So I think when I was six years old, I started pitching. Um, you know, wasn't very big then, but we go around to the to the businesses in town, and, and they donate money, and we put their name, their name on the back of our old cotton shirts and the wool the wool uniforms, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it is funny you said that. I, I've heard of that petty school. I've never heard of the petty pups. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. As a little kid, I mean, you're wearing a little jersey that's bigger than you, but because uh, you want to be out there with you know, you want to be there one day. There you go. So uh, we have the old into church. Now it's, it's the church. I think Adam Strausser has it, but they had the old tile floor and there were like two rows of bleachers that hung up over the floor. There wasn't much room, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. What are your memories yeah. of the, the Sumner Bronco League? Sumner Bronco League. Well, again, played the league. And then once we hit the travel league, age 10, 11, and 12, and then 13 through 15, you know, it, it, it's funny, really good teams. Uh, you look down at Albion, gosh, they had Jeff Keener who played the big leagues with the, uh, the Cardinals. They had Kenny Sachs, who was probably the best player in the whole group of all of us. He pitched to Eastern Illinois. Um, I think he's an insurance agent down in Mount Carmel, but he hurt his arm, I think, at some point. And just good competition. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing as well. So, um, you know, when you're 13 years old and you're playing against some of the kids that are 15, that was probably – I think my 13-year-old year was the toughest year for me simply because of the, the age and size difference. And I think Pony League was like 54 feet, so the ball got on you pretty quick at that yeah. time. But uh, – and the lights weren't all that great either. 
<laughs> so taking you up to like high school. So it looked like from some of the stuff I was finding that uh, with Sumner, your freshman year was 72, 73, Sumner with the, the Arabs. And so they played fall baseball. It looked like that year. Is that how the high school played in the fall league then? Yeah, that's correct. At least that's how I remember it. That's a long time back, but yeah, you know what? And the one thing I had going, even as a freshman, and, and I think I, I, you know, who knows? As I get older, my memory, I, my, I get better than I probably really was. But I won a few games at varsity, and, and um, I think I won my first game one to nothing was the score. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. It's a great time of year to be playing. Yeah. And uh, so Fred Gosey was our baseball coach. Um, you know, so I got to play one year with him. He was the head basketball coach there at Sumner as well. So a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge your memory because uh, I had the luxury of getting into the newspaper and you did uh, you did start the first game of the varsity season that year as a freshman, but your team yeah, won, I didn't know that. your team won fourteen to four in that in that first game at least. So well, oh, the big, you, uh, big well, I guess when they took me out and somebody else gave up the four runs. Right? I, that, <laughs> I don't think so, but we'll, we can remember it that way for well, sure. That, that was going to be my follow up question. Like, why did you give up four runs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're hurting the stories I tell people. When the papers out. This is like well, yeah, sit, you, this is like sitting down on sixty minutes. We're going to throw everything in your face. Well, here's the funny things we're talking. The more I get thinking about it, actually, I think the game I won one to nothing. It was at Dietrich. I think it was my first game at varsity, my sophomore year for Coach Brooks. Um, the more I got thinking about it. Because I remember, I think, maybe the last inning, I think the bases are loaded, and I got out of it. And somebody probably made a great play to get me out of it. But I think it was actually my sophomore year I was thinking about. I think I went 2-1 and one that year as a sophomore, and the one I lost was in the, I guess it would have been the district of the regional. Yeah. Uh, it was it was the day after prom, and I was a sophomore, and I think Coach Brooks probably felt I got more sleep than anybody else <laughs> in that place. So. <laughs> probably a true story. Uh, what are your memories of the talk uh, in the county of consolidation? I know that the whole process started a few years ahead of time. and um, So what are your memories of back then of the talk of – did, did you guys in Sunder, did you want to consolidate? There's a, you know, I know the whole thing with like Red Hill, Barnesville now, there's still that rivalry. Yeah, and That's a good question. And you know what, as a kid at that point in time, I don't think you think a whole lot about it. I think probably the parents did a lot more. Yeah. And maybe the people that have graduated with some of that history. To us, we were excited. And, and really, it meant the opportunity to get a place in football as much as anything. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so obviously, Sumner was, you know, was a fun little school. It was close in that sense. But we were excited about that part. Yeah. But going back to some of your, and I know I have my guys and we all did too. Who was some of the, the guys that you played with in, in, in those little league situations that went up with you that were probably still close friends today? Who were those guys that went up through the, through the baseball ranks with you? Well, especially get back to Sumner and you start talking Bill Cox. I think Bill's the minister there in Bridgeport. Oh, Just yeah. a great person. Tom's willing. Tom came a doctor, Bob Parrott. Um, gosh, Randy Dowdy, I'm trying to go back. There, there were just, yeah, the ones that kind of jump out that were the same age as me. And then Tom and I played Legion ball together um, at Lawrence County, okay. which was fun. Obviously, we were rivals with Lawrenceville, but we got together and it was Shiver and some of those guys were teammates in the summer. So, some point, remind me, I'll tell you some pretty good baseball stories about Shiver during Legion ball. But well, we, yeah, those are some of the names off the top. We got all night. He was a character that could play. And going through, obviously, the opportunity to play football, that was probably really exciting for a lot of those guys, uh, the, the getting to do that. And you started a quarterback, I know, your senior year. What did you – did you play a lot of varsity your sophomore and junior year as well? 
No, I did not. I, I tried to keep the park on and stay warm. I wasn't very big. My sophomore year, I was probably, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe five, six, five, eight. I was pretty small. And uh, my junior year, then I started growing a little bit. I was a backup quarterback. I think Brent Gray was our starter. He was a senior. Brent actually broke his thumb in a game. Uh, so I came in and started against Mount Carmel. You know, I had two or three starts at that point. And then, uh, but I've never played football. You know, my goodness. Uh, I wanted to date Sherry and her dad was the football coach. So I thought I probably better play with my best chance, right? So <laughs> it worked out. We got married. But yeah, and then my senior year obviously was more fun. But yeah, it, I think what Sumner, what we brought, we brought numbers. You know, none of us had ever played football. I mean, yeah. just a little out the same. You know, you, you brought that up and that was something I definitely wanted, wanted to touch on. Um, talk about Coach Huff. If you could, I, I know we'll probably end up doing a show just on him, but can you, you've yeah. got a unique perspective for sure on, on coach Huff. And, and, and I know he was there when you were there, his, his last year was my freshman year. So if you could okay. just talk about your relationship and, and talk about him a little bit. Yeah. You know what? Great person. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I started dating Cherry in my junior year and played football for coach Huff for three years. Um, always enjoyed him a lot. You just, um, he, he had a great way of getting along with kids, had a great rapport. Now, obviously, on games, if we got beat on a Friday night, I'd tell Sherry, I'm not coming over, I'll see you on Monday. He still had that competitive side, too, right? Uh-huh. There was more than once that he grabbed me by the face mask and pulled me in pretty close. But uh, he, he's just somebody he wanted to play hard for. He just had that great relationship with the kids. And then, you know, later I went into teaching. Um, I, I taught at Olney for seven years, and, and uh, I learned under Coach Huff as well just how you treat people. Um, the whole staff and also even kids, how you can get kids to respect you and work for you and, and have the discipline you want. So just a great person, a uh, very good father-in-law. Cool. And other, you know, other coaches that year were uh, uh, Dr. Paul uh, Tugall and Roy Joe Dillard and uh, Mike Ray were the assistant coaches that year. And I was looking back and yeah. said, you, you were named a team captain that year. I mean, I, dating, the, dating the coach's daughter, you get named captain. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> it was voted by the players, all right? <laughs> It was not and voted you, by the cheerleaders. It was, that's uh, right. <laughs> it was you and Jeff Barker and Greg Frazier and John Linus were the, the captains that year. So what are your there memories you of the uh, memories of that football season? You know what? Um, tough. We had a couple, a couple tough injuries. I have to go and uh, Joe Angle was the other guy that got hurt. I'm trying to sit and think John Linus hurt me. And then Joe Angle, we had a bad injury out there on the practice field on the north side of the field. It was a really muddy, rainy day. And uh, he was going around and make a tackle, and he grabbed him by the waist and swung him around, and the, the gate was off of the pegs. And the peg, actually, I think it took him from about his ankle to his knee and just laid his calf open. And Joe was a big part for us, so that really hurt us. And um, I think it was one of those, obviously, you guys, we played both ways, and, um, you know, it seemed like we would we would compete. You know, if you look at the score, I think I'm going off my memory, I think we went 2-7. and seven. Um, Carmi won the conference that year. They beat us 14 to eight. It, it, again, that's my memory. It may have been 80 to six. I don't remember, but I think it was a pretty close game. The only game in my mind we got blown out by was Mount Carmel. We jumped ahead of them and I'm um, like, Hey, you, you, we can compete with these guys. And I, a couple of quarters later, it was 48 to 16 or something. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you know what? The, the thing had a lot of fun. If I got to go back and play one game today, they said, all right, you know, you're younger again, you're healthy. What one game do you want to go play? I'll go play a game of football. Yeah. It, it just was fun. You, you guys know how it is. You get together, you're in that huddle, and uh, it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. all of us took uh, in, in this group, we took poundings to Mount Carmel. Um, <laughs> and all of us had that same way. And I think at least I, I speak for myself here that I'm the same way that I love yeah. baseball and basketball was just so so, but football was the, 
if I could go back and do it again, I just absolutely love yeah. football for sure. So yeah, you know, drones on Friday night and the crowd was just it was just something about it. Well, yeah. and it, then just being in that huddle and challenging each other and just stepping up and, and battling. It was fun. And co-host co-host David King had one of the great blue white scrimmages of all time in Red Hill history. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, tell yeah, about that one. <laughs> Yeah, 12, uh, 12 to nothing uh, victory. Uh, I scored uh, two defensive touchdowns in, what, about 90 seconds of each other? <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the whole, town, exci- whole town excited about the football team when we scored two yeah. defensive touchdowns yeah. in the blue-white game. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to basketball, you were able to – a few really good basketball teams. Uh, the 74-75 team actually won the regional – uh, defeating Oblong uh, in the regional, and then you got to the sectional and uh, won your first game and got all the way to the sectional championship game, or you know, unfortunately lost to a good Carmi squad that year. And then looking at your, uh, you guys, the senior year, you had another, and junior year, you were 17 and 10, had a six and eight record in the NEC. Uh, but the next year, you guys had another good year, 18 and nine. What are your, what are your memories of playing, playing basketball for Coach Brooks? You know what? I got a lot of memories, obviously, but my sophomore, junior, senior year, we had three really nice clubs. They won a lot of ball games, as you just mentioned there. Um, as a sophomore, guys, we had Chris Black, Jim Buchanan, Doug Hardacre, some really nice players or some that come to my mind. And then junior year, Terry Paris, um, gosh, Bruce Jones, I'm trying to remember, Danny Brooks. But Coach Brooks, one thing I, I really uh, I took took from him that carried on into life was just the fact, you better play hard. And, yeah. Um, you know, that that was the thing. He's going to bring it. We always hated, uh, we hated holiday practices because the old guys come into the scrimmage and, I think it was just part of that rite of passage. He would run you to death and you'd crawl off the floor. But, uh, you know, that, that was also part of the fun looking back. But a lot of intensity uh, in that. A lot of fun, though. So we won a lot of games and just played hard. The conference was really good. I mean, it really was. I'm thinking back to the year you talked. I think our junior year, yeah. you know, Carmine won a ton of games. I think they said they beat us three times. Only, I believe, that year maybe went to super sectional. Uh, they had the buzzer boys and some of those guys. They were really, really good. Yeah, the league was just good. Lawrenceville was good. Um, that may be the year they got knocked out. I don't remember, but um, yeah, just the conference was good. Bake, you, the gyms were packed. I think that was the other fun memory. Yeah, got. every gym you walked into, it was packed. I mean, it, it was just fun, fun atmosphere. Yeah, Bake, you, I know you played with with Mark McAdow, and he's become kind of a legend, especially with us on this podcast. Can you talk about playing with him? What kind of game he had? Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark was. I, if I had to put a word for him, I'd probably say smooth. It's yeah. probably what comes to mind. You know, we, our, I think our, our plays that we ran my senior year were big math, and that was pretty much it. In other words, just let's post him up and get him to basketball, right? Uh, but he was left-handed. I'm going to say maybe 6'4", just very smooth, and, and he had the moves inside. I mean, he, he'd go the up and under. He'd drop step you. Yeah. Um, and then, again, if he got fouled, he was a good free throw shooter, but he was just – and very calm. That would be the other word that I would go along with Mark. So, yeah, there's – he should have a. There should be a good memory and legacy of his game because he was he was our go-to guy. Awesome. You know, I think what's really impressive, you know, you got a you got a consolidation. You have the first team seventy-three, seventy-four, and in, in your three years, with eighteen and seven. The next year, seventeen and ten, and then the next year, eighteen and nine. I mean, that's a you know to start off with a, a new school and still at that time probably still the smallest school in the in the entire conference to. To, to compete, obviously had a lot of great athletes on that team. I think 75, 76, Chip may remember, I think that's the year Lawrenceville got third or fourth in state, wasn't it? They got third that year, yeah. That was a, and that was a tough one. You know, when you look back on your memories yeah. and you think, you know, the toughest one, we, we lost to them two tough games. I mean, we had them down, again, I think we had them down double digits at halftime at Lawrenceville, my memory. 
And again, don't remember the specifics. Andy Andy Atkins, who was one of our better players that year, got his eye busted. I think Doc Kirkwood came in and stitched it up. <laughs> you know, no, no juice at all somewhere. So I don't remember if he missed any of the game or not. But I remember, you know, we got some blood, which is part of the game, man. Yeah. Um, I, I remember one play, I we ran the shuffle. I threw a pass, was cutting through. One of our guys stepped in front, grabbed my jersey. I'm like, all right, I was going to call a charge. I might as well try to hurt you on the way down. So, you know, it's just – Hey, you're just battling, and then, you know you see them the next day, and they're friends. But uh, you're out there competing, and then again, we got beat close at home. But the one that was really hard. So we're playing the regional up Robinson, and Robinson was really good that year too. And I want to say they maybe the next year maybe uh, went fairly far. They had the Lackmire kids, the Leggett kids, so they were good. But we're down a lot of the game. Um, I won't bore you with some other specifics, but I think we take a lead by one point with three seconds left. There's timeout. We come out, and they threw it over top of the press. Guy catches it, turns around, throws it, it bounces, and spins in, and we got beat. And that was the game that kept us from getting to play Lawrence on championship. And oh, wow. That's the one. Yeah, that, that was a hard one. I mean, the balls, it's one of those, the ball's in the air, the buzzer's going off, and it's bouncing. You're sitting there just watching it went through. It was terrible. So, yeah. McAdow, so. the best player you played with, and Scheidler, the best play you, player you played against? I'd say that's fair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Scheider was a league of his own. I mean, my goodness. Um, yeah, just just his quickness, his jumping ability, and obviously his shooting. He's just, you know, just an incredible athlete. And obviously, go play at Kentucky tells you how good he was. Yeah, for sure. It's I, really I good again, Kentucky teams. Say, he was like an all – I think he was all-conference quarterback, maybe sophomore, junior year, and I don't think he played after that. I think he high-jumped. I don't know. You guys might know, you know, mid-six feet. Um, wow. Yeah, just, just a great athlete. Yeah. And in the, uh, the the one of those games later in the year when you guys only lost by three points to Lawrenceville, 57-54, in the Dogtail, Dogtail's book, Coach Brooks was uh, praising you in this. He says Jimmy Baker was a competitor. He held Jay Shiler to six points with four minutes to go when he fouled out. Then it sounds like Jay kind of took over the game once you had to hit the bench. So, you know, what was the what was the key to success? I'm, I don't know, I'm not sure how many Jay ended up with that game, but it sounds like you held him in check pretty well. You know what, and I don't know, it's been a long time. It seems like he ended up maybe 12 or 13. Uh, and I don't know that for sure, but it seems like, um, yeah, the key, obviously, you know, I was fortunate since we had a good team, and the, and the game plan was for me just to shadow him, be all over him, and, and he got good team defense. So it wasn't just me, it was all the guys that were contributing to it. So, um, But, again, I was just kind of in his ear and just, just trying to stay close. And, number one, trying to keep him get the basketball. Because if he got in his hands, you know, it was going to be tough. So it was obviously a deny coverage. Yeah. So, Bake, as you go into baseball, going to your senior year, you've had some success, and, and, and not to skip ahead, we, we know what you end up doing, which we can't wait to dive into. You starting to get looks at all while you're in high school pitching from, from the big leagues? You know what? Not, not really that much. More on the college side. A ton okay. of junior colleges. And obviously, in our area, there's a lot of junior colleges. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. We didn't play a ton of games. And uh, don't know that we got a lot of exposure necessarily, but kind of like I mentioned earlier, even playing football, I wasn't real big. I grew more. Um, you know, I could always throw strikes, developed a pretty nice little off-speed pitch and a decent curveball. But as I got right out of high school, I, 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 you know, a couple more inches, put some more weight on, and, and the velocity went up with it at that point as well. So, yeah. no, nothing nothing to professional level at that point. Gotcha. How, now, just so everybody can remember, because we're talking about how you grew, what did you end up at? What, what was your top What was your top height weight? 6'2", and, and, and the top weight when I was playing was probably 230-ish. And yeah. uh, probably 10 of that wasn't real good. So, <laughs> let's say I was 6'2", 215. How about that? 
<laughs> that was my best playing weight. I, I'm really hoping that I get to 5'9", 215. So, <laughs> Love it. Love it. I think, you know, kind of finishing up, I know in your, your baseball senior year, you guys were knocked out of the districts that year by Olney. And, uh, you know, your high school season's coming to an end, and I thought it was interesting. I had found that uh, you were the first ever recipient of the Most Valuable Athlete Award at Red Hill High School. They'd never done that award before, and you were the first uh, – at that point, you only had to play two sports, I think it said, and the next year they're going to transition to three sports. But you were – I thought it was uh, funny that that award was presented by Harry Williams, the opera, operator yeah. of Town & Country Bowling Alley. I saw so that. I thought I'm that not was sure great. If you, if, you remember, if you remember getting that award or anything. I, you know what I do, and I remember him presenting it because I used to go over to the, uh, to the bowling alley and was around him some and, and, you know, hopefully presented myself in a, in a fashion that was, that was good. But – yeah, that was you know what that award. The neat part about that award, and I don't I don't even know who all put it in. In fact, I know science coaches had some input, and just the fact that they had that respect, um, that was that was worth something. Because then again, a lot of good athletes in there. I mean, my goodness, it could have gone to a lot of guys. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, so uh, go ahead, Gary. No, I was going to say so. High school's over. And I know you probably played a few years, but. You, you'd mentioned played American Legion ball with some of those boys from Lawrenceville. And did you play in any other leagues preparing yourself for college or was it just Legion baseball? You know, it was Legion baseball. I, uh, I had a chance and think after my senior year, that sound right. Yeah. I could have went to the CICL and played up at Charleston, the, the central Illinois, central Illinois collegiate league. And they, I don't think they have that one per se anymore. They got a lot of different ones, but yeah, I just opted to stay and play local. So, um, you know, I just kind of had some summer jobs and hung around town. So, yeah, that would have got me into better competition. There's no doubt. But we, and I'll tell you what, though, Legion Ball, he had Lynn Gray was coaching us. And, and, and already, Lynn had a ton of games. I mean, a ton of games. Yeah. I don't, I, it seems like, you know, with doubleheaders, we probably had 60 or 70 on the schedule. Wow. And maybe that's when we, it was just, it was a ton. We played a lot. Yeah. Um, and that, those are great memories, a lot of fun. Well, in in that same article, you winning that award, I thought it was pretty cool. Baseball coach Mike Ray, um, when he talked about you were also the baseball MVP, and he said he's probably the best player I've ever coached. So that's high praise. And then you left Red Hill behind and uh, went to Vincent's University, correct? That's correct, yep. What, what, yep. Uh, now, who was your coach over there? That was Jeff Huxley. Okay. That's the way now. Too long ago, but yeah, Jeff had played baseball at Arizona. Uh, I was actually going to go to Southeastern Illinois, and it ended up that they recruited me pretty hard. Rich Hacker was actually—I don't know if you guys remember that name—he ended up being mm-hmm. the base coach for the Cardinals. Yep, he was good good friends with Whitey Herzog, and that's where Keener actually went. But I ended up, you know, I was, I was talking to Hack a lot, but just ended up staying close and, and commuting to Vincent. Okay. Um, yeah, sophomore year, terrible. Uh, we had, I think, out of 20 home games, we got rained out of 19 of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and we actually went up to Detroit for the for the regional, and uh, it rained us out four or five days. We ran out of money and came home, and that's oh, probably where we got a lot of exposure. So, yeah, it didn't go real well my sophomore year in that sense. So, now, were you already set up to go to Bethel um, early in that season, or did that come later? Not at all. I was, uh, yeah, that came later. So I'd actually finished up and, and I was, uh, Eastern Illinois, Ball State, Birmingham Southern were probably where I was kind of looking the most. And, uh, at that point in time, my mom became ill and, um, you know, Bethel reached out. They came down. It's kind of funny. They came down and watched a, um, one of our independent league games, which is on a Sunday afternoon, which Bob Rucker used to be our coach and played yeah. with Rick uh, oh, and all the boys. That was, that was our Sunday afternoon league. We had a lot of fun. But anyway, Bethel coach came down and saw me, and I pitched pretty well and hit two home runs that day. Actually, it was only two I hit all summer. 
So uh, he thought maybe he needed me. So, but anyway, small Christian college. It was a good place for me to go at that point in time. Yeah, that's so, where my mom wanted me to go to. So let's talk about you. You mentioned your your pitch development. You know, breaking ball, fastball, pretty much when you were at school. Did you have a right. pitching coach that really started developing you at VU, or did that more? Did you develop more pitches when you got to Bethel? It, it didn't happen until I got to Pro Bowl. Okay. I mean, I really, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I had no pitching coaches, and um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure my coach at Bethel actually ever even played baseball. I Is that right? <laughs> he was a good recruiter. He was a good okay. recruiter. I guess yeah, so. So no, there was really no instruction in that sense. And then obviously, once I hit Pro Bowl, then then you're running into um, you know some really good instructions, and that's where we started making some changes. So okay, all right. Can yeah. you just you so know when did you realize that or Go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead, Dave. I was going to ask, when did you realize um, – when you say you're at Bethel, is that when you started getting an inkling that maybe you could get drafted? Yeah. You know, I, uh, were, pro be, prospect, were pro scouts starting yeah. to come around at that point? Yeah, you'd have, I don't know, anywhere from probably five to ten that would be at a game where I'd throw. I mean, work started to get around a little bit. So, um, yeah, that was at that point, my junior senior year, and I got drafted then after my senior year. Okay, and you were so, drafted as a pitcher, correct? As a pitcher, correct. Yeah, when I went to yeah. when I went to sign, I asked I asked the scout, I go, "You want me third baseman or pitcher?" And he just kind of laughed at me. I, you know, he could have told me a little nicer, but. Uh, <laughs> so, what, what was your favorite? <laughs> were, were you were? Did you like third base better than pitching, or? No, I tell you what, I enjoyed my senior year. I got the DH, and that's you talk about living the life, man. You just pitch. And yeah. The DH was not pitch. You know, we have to hold up. I'd stand in by the heater. Right, I'm up in South Bend, Indiana, freezing. I'm eating peanuts by the heater and going up and waiting to hit. So that's a pretty go. good year. Yeah, that's awesome. So now, where did Sherry go to school, Jim? Sherry went to she went to Albany Central first, and then she went up to Eastern Illinois. She got her degree in teaching. Okay, so yeah, so that I'm sure that had some challenges as well. That when, when yeah, you, were, you know what? <laughs> yeah, well, we're away, and, and my gosh, I'd have to kind of put the years back together, but we were apart a lot. Um, you know, for for the years there for a while. That that may have been why she married you. You never know. There, there you go. I think we got married my, after my first season in AAA was 1982. Okay. And that's when, that's when we got married. And yeah, and then um, 1984 we had Dusty, you know, my first son. And, yeah. And um, yeah. And Jesse was 1988. So I've got the the article pulled up here from the from the Daily Record, um, and the headline was Jim Jim Baker drafted in the 11th round. Uh, Jim Baker, son of, of Mr. and Mrs. Raleigh Baker of Sumner, um, was in Indianapolis today with his parents to sign a baseball contract with Toronto Blue Jays of the American League, and then it went on to talk about your high school and, and your college. Um, he was an outstanding athlete during his high school days at Red Hill, played in the Mid-State Baseball League, an amateur baseball summer league that included Bridgeport, Florida, Patoka, Salem, and, and Vandalia, and uh, what Talk about that day when when you hear that you're drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, at the time, obviously, I knew I knew that um, you know they were interested in me, and um, I don't know. It seems like maybe day two, but it came um, it came via mail. It wasn't. It was. Oh really? Oh well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going blank on it. I'm going blank on what it was they delivered it by. Um, I'm actually going blank. I still got the copy of it, but that's pretty cool. So they delivered it. You know, you see that you've been drafted, and then you reach out through the telephone and hook up with them on that. You get drafted in June, and then Utica and the New York Penn League. The, the Utica Blue Jays. And then that yeah, same was, was a short it, season league. 
Yeah. It was a blink. It was like you're drafted, and I want to say within a week I was in Utica, New York. Wow. Probably, yeah. probably on the worst professional baseball team ever organized. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, so, do you just get in the car and take off, or, or how does that work? No, you know what? I flew out there. It was, it was kind of funny. I flew out, didn't have a vehicle, but the scout that signed me, he sent a couple of players there maybe the year before, and, and there was a lady. Her name was Mrs. Finnegan. And uh, he had a connection, so I showed up at her place, and I lived in the upstairs of her house where she was, I don't know, 70, 75. She'd come to all the games. She cooked for me. It was a pretty good little deal. So, yeah. You know, yeah, no vehicle. I'm out there with no vehicle. Wow. And, that had to yeah. be scary as hell. Oh, yeah. Back you know, <laughs> Yeah. You know, will you or will you not? And then it, then it comes, yeah, basically delayed mail it comes to you. But that was fun. You know, it's kind of funny to put it in perspective, too. Daryl Strawberry was the first guy picked that year, and his signing bonus was $150,000. So put that in comparison to what it goes for today. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. What was yours? I had a, I had a 1000 initial, and then I picked up another uh, 4000 in signing bonus. So a big $5,000. Total. Okay. There's a great joke yeah. Bob Euchre I heard told on the Tonight Show one time. He said that his signing bonus, I think it was the Yankees. That may not be correct, but anyway, he right. said said his signing bonus was five thousand dollars, and his dad had a hell of a time coming up with it, but he finally <laughs> did. <laughs> I've heard that. That's good. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, you got your signing bonus. You're in short season New York Penn League. Yeah. What kind of? Uh, I mean, they talk now about how minor leaguers don't get paid. What did you get oh, back then? My my, mem- my memory is it was six hundred dollars a month. Um, now, fortunately, I had that's, very few expenses, right? And, and at that point, you know, again, of course, Strawberry is one hundred fifty. So even your top guys aren't getting anything compared to what it was. You're, you're playing sure, for sure, sure, obviously. And I'll talk a little bit more once I went to South America and Triple A. You know, you made some decent money at that point in time. But yeah, oh, wow. it, I, you know, I'd have to look back. We were probably something like twenty five and forty five. I don't know how many games. I mean, we were terrible. <laughs> um, and I think in the yeah. beauty for me, I, I ended up six and five and, and that may have been a ever to have a winning record on that team. I'm like, and it went down to the last game. I'm pitching against the Oneana Yankees and, and they're pretty stinking good. And I had to get a W to have a winning record. I've never had a losing record in my life. And I'm like, Oh man, that's terrible. But, uh, anyway, so that was, uh, and the deal, I, I want to say in Utica, our fifth and right. Yeah, for, about for a team, about, yeah, for a team, you said it wasn't very good. You had your stats. Oh. Yeah, it, I think the fence was 40 feet high, and it was about 200 and, I don't know, 240, 250 feet to right field. So our right our right fielder was a high school kid from Florida that was on top of the infield. I can't tell you how many times he ran over our second base on pop-up. I mean, it was just that. It was brutal. I could tell you story after story. Um, anyway, and you're- there were times that I would pitch. I was the only person on the infield to speak English. Is that right? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. South Americans? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, a lot of times, I had a first baseman from Morgan State. He was a good friend of mine, but there were times where it was just it was either me and him or just, just me at times. And uh, the communication we struggled with sometimes at that first team. So Yeah. So you had a successful first season, you know, in the Penn League, and then you move up to, uh, it's like uh, Kinston in the Carolina League for the 81 season. And you Correct. had a very successful season that year. Yeah, eleven and one, eleven and one, in uh, in single A, and got promoted to double A. Uh, yeah, um, put up put up some uh, solid stats that year. At this point, are you getting? I mean, I don't know. I know now. I mean, with all the with the internet and everything, you get detailed prospect rankings, and you know, if you really want to follow, you can 
pretty much find out anything about any player playing. Right. Are you considered a prospect at this point for the big for the big uh, big league team? Yeah, after 1980, they have a league. It's called the Fall Instructional League, and that's uh, that's where players get invited to to stay and play extra ball. So I got invited to that okay. for my rookie year. And it's kind of like uh, the Arizona Fall League is now. Yeah, very very much okay. so. They got a lot of very, their prospects okay. coming in there. And then uh, 1981, I'm trying to think which year it was. Um, I think it might have been 82. I can't remember when I went to Columbia. And I actually went up and pitched against the Montreal Expos in the Pearson Cup game. I think that was after 82 season. So maybe, yeah, I just got called up to AAA for half a year and, and went up, and that's where they call prospects up. And so that was, that was a good experience. But, so, yeah, at that point in time, I mean, I'm in the hunt. Yeah, okay. so yeah. so now now we can go back to my pitch development question. What are yeah. you what are you working on? Who who was your initial pitching coach that really taught you how to throw the baseball? Good question. Larry Hardy was my manager, but he also Larry pitched in the big leagues, and <laughs> I ended up playing for Larry uh, at Utica. I played for him in Knoxville, and then actually I think I was with him some in AAA. So I was with him a lot. Uh, really, really liked him a ton. But Larry, uh, well, here's the funny thing. You know, obviously where I'm at Bethel, you know, it's NAIA and, and uh, you know, some good players, but not like once you get drafted. So now the guy, you know, the lineup, UCLA, USC, Arizona State, you're, you're, you're into some pretty good competition. And it's like, all right, this four-seam fastball that you can just throw by people, you better start making a move. So I, I adjusted to a two-seam and obviously developed a change up. Um, and Larry worked with me a lot on, on the mechanics. Awesome. I, I guess I'll bring this up. I, I heard. I just heard this story this past weekend. Uh, Chip brought it up. There was a rumor going around back uh, back in the elementary school playground playground in the early '80s that uh, you had pitched and struck out Andre Dawson and Gary Carter in the same game. Any truth? Well, here's to that? the deal. Here, here's the deal. That was the Pearson Cup game, and uh, yeah, I didn't strike out Dawson. So anytime my boys start running their mouth that they're a better pitcher than me, I just say, uh, "Tell me what Hall of Famer you struck Perfect. Yeah. Gary Carter. I'm, I, I, yeah, full disclosure. I got to tell you the funny part about Carter. So Gary Carter. And I'm gonna tell you what. The Expos were loaded. Uh, oh, my yeah, God. Very you much. Know, so. the two just named, and they got Tim Wallach, and they got Tim Raines, and. and uh, Al Oliver and Warren Cromartie. Anyway, Carter's up, and I jam him, and he, he hits a broken bat double. No big deal, right? So he's at second. Exhibition game, so I'm in the stretch. I'm not paying a lick of attention to him, and he steals third base. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's your full disclosure. I'd like to tell you I struck him out, too, but it didn't happen. I wish you would have put one right underneath his chin. Had I seen him again, I probably would have. Right? <laughs> Um, so we, we throw out some big names there at the Expos players. So when you're in the minor leagues with the Blue Jays, um, you're around the same age of the guys like George Bell, Jesse Barfield, Willie Upshaw, those guys. Did you play along with those guys on at any level yeah. in, in minor leagues? Yeah, I played with Barfield in double A. Um, my triple A team, you mentioned George Bell, he was there, he ended up in the AL MVP. My favorite of all of them was Tony Fernandez. Tony passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Just, just yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. He had two thousand plus hits in the big leagues, but he was seventeen years old when I first started playing with him. Best hands I've ever seen. He was mm. so stinking good. Um, Kelly Gruber at third, Jimmy Key, okay. Crime Dog, Fred yeah. McGriff. Oh wow. Um, Webster, wow. yeah, I'm trying to think some of the top guys. So talk about the transition from double A to triple uh, A. That's the, that's AAA, they, yeah. they always say that's the biggest that's the big step between you know, you know the prospects. What? Yeah, the hard the hardest part for me probably was making the adjustment. Uh, they 
they took me out of starting and put me into the pen. And uh, I was going to I was going to ask you about that too. What what, what yeah, was behind that? that? that was, Just, uh, that's the biggest transition, no doubt. And you know, you're sitting down there having to learn. Um, you know, I guess you, you look at it now and think, ah, it shouldn't be that tough. But just, just staying loose, you know, obviously Syracuse was pretty cold. Um, yeah. It, yeah, there, it was just an adjustment. And then coming in, you know, you kind of got this mindset, all right, I got to come in and throw gas as opposed to pitching. It's just, it was just an adjustment to it. I bet so. Um, yeah. Do you, feel like, do you feel like you made that well? I mean, w- w- when, when you look back, is, is there anything you could have done to uh, – I mean, obviously we go into the Blue Jays staff, the, the big league staff. I mean, sure. You, know, you, you were up against a, a lot of competition there. Is there anything when you look back, could you have done something different when you had to go to yeah, the Yeah, you know, there, there, there's a couple things. We got – I think it was after 82 season where um, the Blue Jays made a call up and, and the GM called me and he said, look, it's between you and this other guy. And the guy's name was Kenny Schramm. And Kenny had been around longer than me and they actually took him up. And uh, he ended up having a good season. I think he ended up got traded and maybe was an all star the next year. He went to the Twins, so obviously they made the right call. Yeah. But you know, you're that close at that point. Looking back, because I went down to Venezuela, I can't remember which year it was after, maybe '83, and, and that's kind of I'll call it a Triple A and a half league because you got a lot of you got a lot of big leaguers. And Barfield was on my team down there. Um, gosh, you got all the Latins in Venezuela. You got Dave Concepcion, Tony Armas, Bo Diaz. Wow. You know, a lot of big leaguers. You got a lot of guys that had just started making the major leagues here. So anyway, and I had maybe my best season. I had a 1.8 ERA. I, I ended up being the closer. Had about 14 saves. I mean, I pitched as well as I could pitch there. Right. And then I came back and did not get an invite to big league camp. Oh. Um, yeah, you know. And so, should you make any changes? The way I was throwing there, no. But then I got back to Syracuse. Didn't throw as well for whatever reason. Stats weren't that good. And, and the one thing probably that I could have made an adjustment. Because I walked away. I mean, I could have stayed and maybe dropped down side because I threw the ball fairly well sidearm. And I just, um, you know, maybe make that adjustment and see what that would have done. But you walked away, you, uh, you stopped after the 84 season. Um, right. Was that, you, you walked away? Was there in, in, injuries involved at all? Or no, no. I was decided I, to. But... I, probably, I probably entered into my prime. It just, you know, I thought, you know what? I, I just didn't want to be a career minor leaguer. It's not what I had in mind. Uh, and, and I knew at that point I would have been a borderline guy, right? You know, kind of that cup of coffee guy. And I just like, well, I, I just I want to move on and do some other things. So, um, yeah. So for whatever reason, but it was no, there were no injuries, no so, excuses. That's, you get, yeah, I didn't get it done there at the end. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Bake, when you came back, I know you. So, you, when you first started student teaching back when I was in junior high, that would have been before you gave it up, right? Yeah, my memory is I in the off season I came back and did some sub, substitute teaching and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember you guys. You guys had a nice group. I remember you, you of the weird things you remember from from when you were a kid. You introduced the term "big guy" to ever because I remember when you first came and started substituting, and then everybody started calling everybody else "big guy." I don't know if you if that was baseball lingo, but but I remember that for for a fact. Well, it, it, Here's kind of funny, and you remember this name. So our our pickoff move at high school when I coached here at Only was Big Man, uh-huh. and because I did always call guys this, and say, come on, <laughs> Big Man, and I had to be careful. I didn't just flip it out too much, and that was where we we're going to break the first yeah. base from behind. So we're playing North Clay. So where were you in the age with Rogers, as far as Mike Rogers? Uh, that was more Gary. I I was, was I was older. Yeah. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, we graduated the same year. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys. Uh, so North Clay beats us one to nothing. I think you guys ended up playing them for the championship, didn't you? Yeah, we beat them four to three, and yeah, yeah. So, so you beat them four to three, right? Yeah, 
Okay, yeah, they beat us one to nothing. And it, here's here's the part about Coach Evans. We're going to kick out of this. So we get beat, right? In tough game, tough thinking loss. We got bases, or we got second and third, one out in the last inning. We got my three, four hitters up, and we can't get the ball out of the infield, so we get beat one zip. You guys win it. Coach Evans calls me. He goes, Vake, how you doing? I said, I'm good. He goes, Hey, can we borrow your your uh, field to practice on? I said, you kidding me, man? <laughs> <laughs> we had grass infield, right? I said, Yes, absolutely. Come on over. Yeah. That's hilarious. So. And that's part of the fun too, the relationships with other coaches and, and uh, you know, officials and that type of thing. But yeah, you guys had a nice ball club, but that was a tough loss, man. So so after you give up your playing career, you come back, talk talk to us about what you started to do there and then your coaching career um, over at Olney. Yeah, so um, 88 to 94, I was the assistant uh, varsity basketball coach probably five of those years in the head baseball. And um, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. I actually coached one year of volleyball when I first got back because they couldn't get anybody to coach it. So the first game I coached was the first game I'd ever seen. So I had to make sure I uh, knew how to substitute somebody. <laughs> there but, you go. Yeah. But, no, it, it was like we had a lot of good teams and, and just just a lot of fun. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually, the year I, I ended up getting out and going into insurance, um, and, and I still coached a ton, you know, in the summertime and different stuff. But um, I had eight of my starters coming back. I think we just broken the school record and wins, and they just had a nice, nice group of kids. That was the hardest part of me leaving. So yeah. Well, Bake, I tell you, you, when when we started talking about this podcast, we were kind of mapping out. Okay, what do we do? You know, we knew we wanted to do some. So we were going to start with Bill and move on, and you're one of the first names that came up because not only are you one of the great, obviously one of the great athletes in our school's history, but without a doubt you're one of the great guys. And it was so nice to catch up with you and and hear your stories, and uh, I'm sure your kids will never forget that you struck out Andre Dawson. (laughs) Oh, I I won't let them, right? Well, my my man, it's been a pleasure, um, and uh, I hope that that maybe we'll we'll touch base with you when we maybe dig into some of your teams and this and that, and we we might touch base again. But I know that everybody's going to love hearing from you as you being a Red Hill legend. So thank you so much for being on the show, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Really appreciate you guys taking the time. It's fun. The memories you guys are creating with it, and you guys got my phone number. Don't hesitate to give me a buzz. I'll buy you lunch sometime. That sounds good, Bake. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, coach. Boys, when we started this podcast, that's what we had in mind. Wow. That was so, so cool to catch up with Jim Baker and hear the stories of him and at Petty and Red Hill and Sumner and, and all the way through his, his career, the big leagues. Yeah. What a, what a great interview. So, so many good stories. I feel like we could have talked another hour probably. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of experiences, and and he's one like you know we may ha- have him on the show again. Just oh yeah, for sure. I think there's more we could we could do more of a deep dive on some of the topics that that he went into. So yeah, I'll, always looked up to him. I I was too young to um, watch him play. I don't remember him as a player, but um, you know Dave shared that story of the when he was in when we were when I was at Seed School and yeah. it was actually when Sherry, I think when I was in third or fourth grades when Sherry started teaching at Seed School. And the word that, you know, her husband was this pitcher in the Blue Jay system and struck out Gary Carter and Andre Doss. We know part of that was was correct. Um and then I remember going to fifth grade and um Les Bubba Baker was in my fifth grade class who was related to Jim. Um 
I think cousin of Jim Baker. So he would always share those stories. I remember he had the Syracuse Blue Jays baseball card uh, in his desk. Um, so yeah, that that was fun. Uh, really good guy. Yeah, the, and yeah. that and that's the thing I remember about Bake is just he he's such a nice guy, just a really good hang and 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 obviously a very good athlete. Yeah, he was the guy I always admired, and you know I remember playing against him when he was coaching at Olney, and he was just always such a nice guy and always so respectful and of the other team and very complimentary of us, and you know just a really really good dude. Yeah, like Chip, like Chip said though, that was he. Stories of him were my first exposure to baseball. You know, first wow. grade. Yeah. Doug Gent Doug Gentry, one of my classmates, was talking about this guy that pitched in the Blue Jay system. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of the same kind of the same thing with Chip, you know, with Chip. And then right. that kind of got me interested in it. And then, you know, the next season I started watching it and been a fan ever since. So Yeah. Well, when like I say, when I first met Bake, he came as a as a uh, a substitute teacher. And I'm not sure who he honestly who he was there for a while, like an extended period. So someone must have had surgery or something and was going to be out for a while. So he was there quite a bit. And uh, just God, what a cool guy! And and Sherry's awesome. And and I was glad we got to touch on Coach Huff for the first time in the podcast. Um, other than talking to Coach Evans about him a little bit, because Bill Bill Huff is a, obviously a a legend. Somebody take their pills. Your alarm's going off. Uh, me. <laughs> take your pills, Dave. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Coach Huff was awesome, and, and it was good to touch on that from somebody with a unique perspective. So, boys, we got some good shows coming up in the future. We had we did the eighty two eighty three school year, so we're thinking of maybe uh, you know doing another school year breakdown once again. So we're going to really try to get these out every couple weeks, and so yep. hopefully two weeks have a new one out, and and then another interview a month from now. Um, have another interview probably do those about every other show yeah absolutely and if your business uh wants to advertise on the old school red hill sports podcast um just uh, you can touch base with any of us dave chip myself or gary through the uh facebook page and and just let us know and, and we can get you that information you you can reach um obviously local listeners that that uh, can can come to your business and you can get the word out for not a whole lot of money so we'll be happy to help you out with that but to wrap this up with Jim Baker, great episode. Dave King, Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, we're learning how to do podcasts and having a whole lot of fun doing it. So anyway, thanks for listening to the old school Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast. Podcast.